Hello everyone, welcome back to our podcast. Glad that you have joined us for this discussion. Uh, we're going to have a bit of fun today in a creative endeavour and uh, it's one that we recommend to you. We, we think this could turn out to be a bit of fun. We're going to make an attempt at, at, at creating our own proverbs, uh, borrowing perhaps some of the forms and structures from the proverbs in the Bible and um, uh, we'll see where it leads. My name's Cameron, and I'm talking to you from Launceston in Tasmania. G'day, Ken here. I'm Luke. And I'm Lachlan. So, uh, just before we start, uh, Luke and Locke, uh, can you give us a, a, an update of, of living in lockdown? What's, <laughs> how, how are um, you travelling? I'm, I'm, I'm a prophet of doom and gloom at school, and my students laugh at me because I've, for now, nine months... I've been telling them, oh, you, you, you guys need to be prepared for us to go into lockdown. And and they think that, that I'm being silly. <laughs> well, um, some parts of lockdown are smoother than others. It, the I, uh, Your students are foolish to scoff in the face of, of the possibility because it's certainly no joke to trying to do school from home. Uh, that is that is pretty tough. Um the other thing that's a little bit hard to do is keep track of the passage of time. And that's both day by day. And I can also report that in my household, at least, our whole family has shifted its time zone. We're going to bed a bit later and getting up a bit later than we would normally have to do if <laughs> if there were external externalities imposed on our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, for my part, Cam, sometimes I take the car and I go for a little drive within my five kilometer radius. Just to be somewhere other than the house, yeah, and yeah. if you know how ex- how much of an extreme introvert I am, you'll realize how mm. remarkable that is. Because normally I'm very happy to not leave the house. At- yeah, and of course, we're, Luke and I are both speaking from from the Lake Macquarie region of New South Wales. Uh, we are in lockdown, and it has been a very long two weeks of lockdown, indeed. As in, it started as two weeks and keeps getting extended. But our thoughts and sympathies to people, particularly in Sydney who've been mm. locked down for twice as long at the moment as we have. And those um, in Melbourne and... have done what, six of them or something and are currently yeah. doing another one. Yeah. Which is so there's plenty, of, there's plenty of you out there in these situations that are, that are feeling much less novel and exciting than they did once. So um, we're thinking of you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I thought it'd be fun to try and turn our hand to, to creating some of our own proverbs. Uh, we don't talk about so much wisdom literature. Like, uh, as a culture, we don't have... Uh, do we have Do we have wisdom literature that is sort of widely acknowledged as such within our society that we refer to often? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we do. The, no, not the, anymore. Not, not, once, not once the tweeter-in-chief of the United States changed. I think we've we've lost a lot of wisdom literature. Um, oh, I tell you what, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to um, if, say that our proverb has to be contained within what is it, one hundred and sixty characters or something? Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's hey, most of them probably that's are. A, that'd we've, be an interesting Twitter account to set up. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was, yeah absolutely. Um, we've said that a lot of the we've commented on the fact that it's interesting reading the proverbs because, uh, with some exceptions, where we found some progressions of thought 
within within a section that's obviously a self-contained unit. There's a lot of it that just seems to be piecemeal bits and pieces. Maybe it maybe it is a collection of ancient tweets. <laughs> How long is each one of Aesop's fables? They're not that long. No, I reckon I reckon many of them you could fit within 160 characters. I haven't counted them up. A man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a cross spirit who can bear? Yeah, it doesn't look like there wouldn't be more than 160 characters. There. Yeah, my my fairly uncalibrated eye suggests that that would easily fit within a tweet, and you'd probably be able to add a few hashtags. Yeah, <laughs> heaps of hashtags. Hashtag crushed spirit. <laughs> Hashtag crushed spirit. Um, Lock, you know how you use the hash to enumerate sets? So yeah. if you're talking about the set of, I don't know, even numbers less than 10, um, the cardinality of the set, the number of things in it is just, so you have the set A and you just do hash to, hash in front of A mm. equals five or whatever, if there's five things in it. I, I've done it on the board a couple of times. Why have you said hashtag A? This symbol means something else. I haven't. Yes, but yeah. Cam, is, is, it, is a set a group? Uh, n- no, but every group has a set attached to it. There's, we, could, we could get diverted if we went into group theory. Teaching group theory over Twitter would be would be quite a challenge. Um, How much math do you think you could teach tweet? I, I want to I want to start our creative endeavour off with a few just ideas. Yeah. Right? Just just so to throw throw these ideas out to see where they connect. Um, I'm not sure whether this is the process that Gary Larson uses to create his <laughs> cartoons with the far side, but it seems to me that he has a random thought at a random time of the day, perhaps when he's observing, when he's driving somewhere and he sees something, and then uh, he'll choose another random time of the day when he's in a completely different place and observe something else and then find some way of putting these two completely unconnected thoughts together um, and that's what creates humour. Um, uh, I'm not sure whether... I don't think this is quite so um, uh, disconnected, um, but some of the themes that we have come across in our study of Proverbs are fools, uh, the wise, and justice. So they're some of the themes that have come, we've come across. Yeah. Um, uh, so maybe maybe we can have a proverb that connects with one or more of those themes well, or one or more proverbs I that connect with those I'm... themes. Sorry, the other thing is, um, uh, I think one of the common themes that seems to come up in our uh, podcast um, is uh, aviation. Uh, so maybe 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 there could be a, an aviation-related, you know, um, analogy. Uh, and... Uh, I, I don't know. We, we started this podcast all that time ago uh, when we were all in lockdown, doing it because of lockdown uh, around the coronavirus. I don't want to be disrespectful in any way by suggesting that there might be some way that one could connect a proverb to a pandemic. I don't know. Anyway, they're just, I throw them out for some, uh, a starting point. A pandemic would be a great, a great metaphor, wouldn't it? For, for creating dysfunction. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think what it is. Spreading office gossip is like unleashing a pandemic or something like that. The, the format that I'd like to jump into, because I I find it, I find it quite 
um, arresting at one level and also a little bit amusing. And it doesn't, it's not the way we sort of tightly logically reason things. It seems to appeal to a, a different mode of thinking. Is the proverbs that begin with one statement and then they say, but. So, you know, uh, a man who is honest okay. brings peace to his house, but. And you expect to the proverb to say, but dishonest people bring strife to the house. Um, but it'll be, you know, an uh, honest person brings peace to his house, but the person who steals will come to ruin or something. And, and you think, well, they're, they're not, it's not exactly dichotomy. What they're actually doing is squeezing in extra thoughts. Mm. You're sort of getting two for mm. the price of one. Yeah. It, what the problem with that approach, Cameron, is that we on this podcast don't seem to be able to squeeze in extra thoughts. What we tend to do is expand the thoughts so that the podcast takes much longer than it needs. That's right. It's all well and good yeah. for us to make jokes about 140-character tweets. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, uh, and the other thing I'd like to do is... Okay, but you on, want a but. You yeah, want I'd, a but. I'd, li- I'd like a but in there. And, and I'd like it to be on something that is um, specifically modern. So, you know, there's proverbs Mm. about people using dishonest scales. Well, none of us Mm. uses scales in our everyday Mm. life now. So, Mm. you know, what is it? Would there be a proverb um, about social media influences? Mm. And what what would a piece of wisdom literature have to say about social media influences? Okay. Yeah, this is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, You go up. This is really interesting to me. You've just caught my interest there because... Just a week ago, sometime this last week, uh, my wife Clancy came into the room and she looked a little bit crestfallen, I suppose is probably the word. And she said, I've just gone through a little bit of a of a reading exercise online. And but I can't remember the exact nuance, so I'm sorry about that. But the, the, the gist of it was that a, a, a person who makes YouTube videos, who Clancy has watched on a number of occasions, um, turns out not to be quite the person that they present to be um it, it's it's subtle and it's to do with you know that they, they come instead of being if if i remember it correctly instead of being quite the sort of normal everyday person with everyday struggles that they present as they're, they're actually someone coming from a position of extremely high privilege and and actually a little bit unacknowledged privilege you know um and it was just the the vague feeling it, it wasn't dishonest but it was the vague feeling of, I don't know whether it was manipulation or something made my wife as a, as a viewer of this YouTube channel feel retrospectively uneasy about, oh, now I'm reevaluating all the different things that were said on this, on this person's videos. And now I'm remembering it. I'm noticing there were, there are a whole lot of little little holes there and I feel like I should have perhaps twigged to it earlier but I didn't so it's it's kind of a dishonesty but it's mm. it's not quite a dishonesty um that's that's an interesting one there's I don't even know whether they would count as an influencer but yeah the, the flip side to it is um last weekend in our house we were avid watchers of the extreme e competition and mm. extreme e is like um me too a, a group of uh, a, a gentlemen very heavily involved in F1 and Formula E set up Extreme E, and the concept is that you take electric cars, all teams race the same cars, all teams have a male and a female driver. They take these cars to an exotic location, so um, uh, Dakar, Amazon rainforest, Greenland, 
glacier uh, where there are current environmental crises. The, uh, the, they have a race. Before the race, the drivers and all the teams, and these are people who have a large degree of influence over a, over a world not, you know, the fans of motorsports are not well known for being sympathetic to the environment. But the drivers are taken and, and they walk up on the glacier and they have a team of scientists with them and they talk about the science of what's happening with the glacier. And then um, then they do a community project. They install solar on the roof and the drivers are out there helping. The drivers are out there planting mangroves in the in the just beach to stop shore erosion and storm surges and whatever else. And um, the whole race is carbon neutral and it's high adrenaline racing. It's absolutely amazing racing and and you hear as the cars go whistling through some chicane bend as they've just gone over this mammoth sort of rock gardeny area and they're, they're these huge two-ton off-road rally cars and they're, they're and as as they're rounding the corner the commentators are saying um you know oh he's just made a move there and you can see the russell glacier in the background we're losing a, a, as much water off that each year as it would take to flood england to a depth of two meters oh and he's made a passing move you know and it's sort of <laughs> It's yeah. sort of these statistics are sort of thrown out into it. And one of the scientists who attached to Extreme E, who's been a climate scientist all his life, uh, I was listening to a podcast and he was saying, they asked him, the interviewer asked him, are you into motorsports? He said, no, I've, I've never been into motorsports. Um, uh, the nearest I got to one was being disturbed in my lab one week when the Formula One visited the town where he was working and he could hear them outside. That was the limit of his involvement with with motorsports. But he said, I, as soon as they explained Extreme E to me, I thought, this is fantastic. This is what we need. When people talk about the environmental crisis and it's presented only as a crisis and people imagine that everything good and fun in their lives is going to be removed and they won't be able to do it anymore, um, mm. that doesn't generate the sort of momentum that we need in the world to solve this problem. Showing mm. people... That, that you can have absolutely ripping fun on a crazy race course. Race without a trace is their mandate. They, they leave the environment cleaner and better and than, than it was when they got there. This, this is influencing people at a, yeah. such a high, more successful level. So the, the social media influencing thing, I'm, I'm not merely cynical. I am, I am cynical to a large degree about social media influences. But, um, uh, All right. So I'm, I'm not entirely cynical. Here's, a, here's an interesting way to tie that into Ken's pandemic metaphor. Um, is, there a, is there a proverb here about um, trying to, to choose which kind of super spreader we're going to be? Oh. Right? Are, you, are oh. you the sort of person who super spreads, whether it's fear, uncertainty, doubt, whether it's rumor, gossip, slander, whether it's... Um, manipulation dishonesty whatever or are you the sort of person that uses your agency to be a super spreader of attitudes that matter information that is genuinely valuable um that's that's there's something there there's something there yeah yeah yeah. yeah i yeah, like yeah. that the other the other word that I, I i think you've got to keep that the super spreader idea i think that's a that's a really good one and there's a but there yeah you've got that You've got, you've got a butt in there as well. The other one, another uh, take, you talked about an influencer, a social media influencer. I wonder if there might be the concept of a social media discerner. 
Um, Ooh. 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 <laughs> Ken, that's no, good. No, Ken, there isn't. <laughs> yeah, I, and there could no, be a no but there. Such a you thing know, could exist. I, I thought maybe you know conspiracy theories abound among social media influencers, but uh, a social media discerner is a super spreader of wisdom, or yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, of course, the phenomena, and we're getting a bit off topic, but this this phenomena of of being so interested in people's opinions is not a feature only of the internet. Um, uh, it, it's just the internet exaggerates and amplifies people's opportunities to engage with this. Um, there's the um, there's a lunatic cartoon about a man going to a cafe, and um, he asks for a cappuccino, and the cappuccino is served to him, and there's a foot of froth on the top of the cappuccino, and he says, "Waiter, waiter, I can't. What's?" I can't drink this. There's too much froth. And the waiter says, well, what's wrong with our froth? He says, well, it's, it's all modern emptiness. Um, it's got no substance to it. All, all I want is a cup of coffee. And the waiter says, yeah, yeah, all you want is a cup of coffee. Well, see that lady over there? She's a frothologist from the local university. And see that gentleman over there? He's the, he's the froth editor or the reviewer or something at the local newspaper. And see that gentleman there? He's the... He's the He's the president of our local froth society. Um, and they all like our froth, so maybe the problem's with you. Uh, <laughs> it's also interesting tying into, I mean, the idea of social media influence or influencers is that it would be a really interesting one to do a sermon on, you know, to look at, you know, in the context, say, of the Apostle Paul, his life. To what degree was he successful and unsuccessful in being an influencer, and what what mechanisms did he use? But that's that's a different a different topic, different conversation. We need to get back to our proverb. I like the idea. I like I really like the super spreading analogy uh, for information, and I like the idea of I, I, um, I get a, I get a bit of whiplash using that language in a positive sense, a bit of cognitive dissonance. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe that maybe a, that it's, needs it's, to be in the negative it's, part it's, of, it's, the, of the. I, I think right now in this point in history, at this point in time, anybody who hears the term super spreader is going to have a negative emotional reaction yeah. attached yeah. to it, regardless of context. Should should we should we perhaps steer away from using the term? Is it is it just a little too emotive even no, when we use it's it? It's a good in a picture. Sense? It's a good picture. It's it's a visceral sort of picture, but I, it, mm. it's a it's the an immediate Proverbs one. Proverbs does that... use strong language. Does pro, pro, you know yeah. the proverbs do use imagery chosen yeah. to yeah. chosen to cause a reaction. Just I, my point is just to make sure the reaction's the right one. There's some dimensions to this too that could be worked in. One of them is that it's easy to have an opinion. Oh, but but only time will show whose opinion's right, because uh, oh. everyone's got an opinion on the internet. You're not so, special. Having an opinion doesn't make you special. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, look, look, at least, at least, at least Don't that's worry, my Cam. opinion. It's, it's I, I'm, I'm, I've been aware of it for uh, a long time. Uh, um, I don't agree with you, Cam. But yeah. That's just my opinion. <laughs> We've we've talked about this on a previous episode. The the fact that when when you cease to genuinely believe in or pursue objectively existent higher values, 
like truth and honesty and justice. All you are left with, and beauty, all you are left with is opinion. Yeah, well, Proverbs 18.2 reminds us that fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Ah. Oh, well, that, well, that's we can the problem up, we can there, isn't that, it? That's we, the... can, we can update that one to the internet age fairly easily. <laughs> Hang on, we didn't make it up, though. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, like, maybe like the author of Proverbs, who also mm. authored Ecclesiastes, uh, we can't actually achieve our objective because there is nothing new under the sun. <laughs> yes. But someone must have said that for the first time. <laughs> wise, the, the wise people take advice from trusted friends, but fools argue with strangers on the internet. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like um, that. Uh, <clears throat> I like the idea of information being, being as potent as a virus. I like that too, yes. It's it's ah, what about a what about a an effective vaccine? We can counteract the mm. the, the, the you know an effective vaccine, um, or or or, 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 or washing your hands, or wearing a mask, or whatever it might be. You know, is but the the but the person is, the person who the, the person who surrounds himself in a thought bubble of like minded people becomes a super spreader of misinformation. But associating with people who think differently to you uh, vaccinates you against yeah. being Untruth. a complete moron on the internet. It wasn't very eloquent at the end there. No, I need help tweaking that. I wasn't going to use the word moron, but... It just so easily applies. Entering a Facebook flame war is like... Oh. I don't know. The social media discerner self-imposes a three-day delay before responding to anything on Facebook. The, oh, this the, is good. This is good. It's impulsive, really practical. Yeah, but the impulsive social media um, user, addict. aficionado, <laughs> addict, um, uh, inadvertently becomes a super spreader of disinformation. A super spreader of disinformation retweets uh, without checking sources yeah that's right typing a reply all in caps has never made anything better ever (laughs) 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 i I just happen to have proverbs open in front of me and in the message proverbs 25 verse 28 says a person without self-control is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out and i really like that so Mm. the the person who retweets without checking snopes.com is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. And for any readers unfamiliar, (laughs) Snopes is a fantastic resource online for checking whether that great story that you were just forwarded by a kind and well-meaning friend is is true or made up. Like the one that I saw just this week. Um, Yes, but how do you know whether Snopes is true or made up? Well, that's right, but it does try and point to sources. So the the one that's doing the rounds apparently now and, and did... 12, 15 years ago, tells a story in witty terms of the Ameri- the the Germans spending months constructing a fake village all from wood. And when they were complete, the next day the British flew over and dropped one bomb made of wood. And, and it's a humorous <laughs> thing, and it comes with a picture of this wooden bomb. Um, Snopes considers that to be... Uh, uncertain it's not clearly false uh but but it's the sort of thing you know these this is the sort of thing that's that 
is a it's a witty story. It's excellent. It's not harmful. It's not slanderous. It's just an interesting thing. Um, so so easy and harmless to to share with some friends. Oh look, I just saw this. Isn't this a funny story? And I guess the the thing that you know by by jumping in and focusing on these this this sort of sharing information thing, I guess what's really pertinent to remember. Remember the proverbs about how easy it was to point the finger at the fool and say, aren't I better than the fool? And then it turns out the proverb comes back at you and, you know, better to be a fool, um, but recognize yourself as one. And, and I, I, I like that. And I want to, I want to apply that to our own attempts at, at wisdom literature and witty wisdom literature. Um, it is so easy to be, to be, to find that you are guilty of the very thing that you have just had a huge amount of fun lambasting others about. Yes, exactly. Uh, of course, like one of the things that the website like, websites like Snopes can do, um, although I've never used it myself, but they can do image traces. So if an image is sent out of, of people writing in the streets and they say, oh, look what, look what the far left is doing or look what the far right is doing or look what this group or that group is doing and there's a riot and here's a picture of someone kicking a policeman. Uh, and you do an image search on that, and you actually discover that, that image appeared in a news article eight years ago, um, mm. and you can the the news article is still there with the image yeah. in it. Um, mm. Then mm. then you can be pretty certain that it's yeah. There's a classic example of that. I can't remember the details. Uh, uh, an image claiming to be a photograph inside the cabin of a particular plane. I think it's crashing or it's been hijacked or something. Um, but it's an it's just a screen grab from a. a a film, a movie, um, and so it's very clearly it's at the it's misinformation, it's manipulative information, it's not constructive, helpful contribution to the to the discussion. Um, so yeah, no, you're exactly right. I should have been taking notes on our various ideas because we've had some good ones. Have you been taking notes? <laughs> well, well I've I've taken some notes. Um, uh, the some of the concepts that, and I I don't suggest that they're comprehensive uh but we've got influences and I, and i've i've put instagram influence i just like the alliteration um, yeah. uh and uh and and then discerners so influences and discerners i like that because there's sort of a rhyming bit at the end there the errs at the end of yeah. it um there's the concept of the of the super spreader um there's the concept of the the vaccine uh, there's the concept of, of opinion versus truth, uh, uh, things that we've uh, uh, discussed. Um, so what about uh, can, what about something? What about you could do something? I mean, we want something short and punchy. So sorry to interrupt, but if I don't say this now, I'll forget about. If I'll forget it. No, no. Um, uh, Instagram influencers um, are super spreaders of information. Uh, who knows what the effect of our words will be? Hmm. Like that, that introduces that element of self-doubt. Uh, super spreaders, perhaps super spreaders of un- unknown or uncertain consequence. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, but, okay, a, perhaps it could just be a discerning reader or a discerning user. Mm. Uh, uh, a, a discerning user... You know, I was going to say vaccinates his friends, but um, protects his friends. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
So I was, I've been having an internal debate with myself. I was going to say earlier that one of the characteristics of the Proverbs was their use, grammatical use of, of similes. But actually, they, they are just as frequently using metaphors. Mm. Uh, again, the mm. one that's open right in front of me. The person without self-control is like a house with its doors. But, I, but just two Proverbs earlier, uh, Proverbs 25 verses 26. A good person who gives in to a bad person is a muddied spring. So that's, that's that's using a metaphor instead, yeah. um, and I don't know which works best when you're writing a proverb. Uh, I I like yeah. the conceptual overlap that metaphors provide. How can a person be a muddied spring? Of course they can't. So there's this there's this sort of sense grammatical sense of intrigue. Okay. I've I've got I've got another one. It's not it's not very modern languageish, but this just came to me based on our topic. Um. The wise speak only of what they know, but a fool has an opinion on everything. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I like that. I like that. The, the, the wise speak only of what they know, yeah. but a fool has an opinion on everything. So yeah. I would I would suggest editing it in only one sense. A fool shares an opinion on shares everything. Shares their opinion uh, on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a fool that's good. shares their because opinion on on everything. It's got that. It's got where the two halves are on similar themes, but don't don't exactly like. Mm. like we get the extra element in there. Now, now uh, another one that I I sort of thought, uh, you know, environmental uh, mm. sort of things mm. came up as well. And but and, and we talked about office gossip at the start, and and it struck me that it's just a simple, straightforward one. But um, uh, stopping office gossip is like plugging. Uh, a, a, a yeah, an oil well. You know the BP yeah. refinery <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, yeah. What what was what was that? Uh, yeah, and they had to pour concrete down it, and still yeah. couldn't stop the fire. Uh, is like stopping the fire in a broken oil well. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The 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 colleague who refuses to propagate gossip in the office. Is like the welcome rains at the end of the bushfire season. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. So this is a slight detour, but you've just tweaked something in my memory about that. Have I ever read to you all the uh, quote of uh, John Ruskin from the Seven Lamps of Architecture about environmental issues? Um, uh, it sounds vaguely familiar. You may have shared. I think, it with I've, me, I think I've but... mentioned. I think I've mentioned it a couple of times. So he he was an artist and an architect. Um, I think you've I think you've referred to the man, but I don't think yeah. you've said anything about the environment. Um, so this is a long time before any sort of modern environmental understanding. This is this is yonks before climate. This is this is prior to the period in which it was even sort of understood as as a concept that wasn't completely ridiculous that that humans were powerful enough to damage the earth in any way. Um, but this, this is what he had to say. I think it's really, I, this just stuck in my head and I think I will never forget it. Um, he says, this is talking about posterior. So looking into the future, the benevolent regards and purposes of men in masses seldom can be supposed to extend beyond their own generation. They may look to posterity as an audience, may hope for its attention and labor for its praise. They may trust to its recognition of unacknowledged merit and demand its justice for contemporary wrong. 
but all this is mere selfishness, and does not involve the slightest regard to, or consideration of, the interest of those by whose numbers we would fain swell the circle of our flatterers, and by whose authority we would gladly support our presently disputed claims. The idea of self-denial for the sake of posterity, of practising present economy for the sake of debtors yet unborn, of planting forests that our descendants may live under their shade, or of raising cities for future nations to inhabit, never, I suppose, efficiently takes place among publicly recognised motives of exertion. Yet these are not the less our duties, nor is our part fitly sustained upon the earth, unless the range of our intended and deliberate usefulness includes not only the companions, but the successors of our pilgrimage. God has lent us the earth for our life. It is a great entail. It belongs as much to those who are to come after us, and whose names are already written in the book of creation, as to us. And we have no right, by anything that we do or neglect, to involve them in unnecessary penalties, or deprive them of benefits which it was in our power to bequeath. And this the more because it is one of the appointed conditions of the labour of men, that in proportion to the time between the seed sowing and the harvest is the fullness of the fruit, and that generally, therefore, the farther off we place our aim, and the less we desire to be ourselves the witness of what we have laboured for, the more wide and rich will be the measure of our success. Men cannot benefit those that are with them as they can benefit those who come after them. And of all the pulpits from which human voice is ever sent forth, there is none from which it reaches so far as from the grave. Yeah, that's mm, good. That's good. Um, and it reminds me of G.K. Chesterton in his book Orthodoxy. Tradition means giving votes to the most obscure of all classes, our ancestors. It is the democracy of the dead. Tradition refuses to submit to the small and arrogant oligarchy of those who merely happen to be walking about. And where Chesterton was looking backwards, I think the same logic applies looking forwards, as the quote you just read, Luke. Yeah, um, yeah that's <clears> good. So may maybe, maybe something about... Well, there's an interesting proverb to be made there. Um, a number of years ago, when I was at Macquarie University, Macquarie, the, the physics department had a very strong and active uh, equity, diversity and inclusion committee with uh, a... Um, some useful statements on behalf of the department were drafted, a code of conduct for physics was drafted, quite quite good and important activities to do in a discipline which has traditionally been um, very imbalanced and not very diverse and inclusive. And and so it was really good. But what, what was interesting to me is that at the same time, they had a very, very weak voice on issues of sustainability. And I presented at one point uh, I was pitching the argument that we should have, like we have an equity and diversity committee, we should have a sustainability committee in the Department of Physics. And I used this sort of argument to, to motivate it. So the proverb hiding in the background there somehow is the, you know, it's something. It's good, it's good to be focused on equity, diversity and inclusion. Um, but the, the, the woke committee that ignores the plight of the unborn is like a blind mole digging in the darkness or something you know the, there's there's this the, the but there is contrasting the way that it's so easy to get to have really really good intentions and activities but still be blind to other aspects that are even really similar and related to the the good activities Look. Look, this is this is borrowing an image from a Rabbi Sachs talk 
uh, TED Talk by Rabbi Sachs, which is worth watching. It's it's really good. Um, and his this he employs this metaphor for a different purpose, but I like it. Um, uh, uh, the person who ignores um, something about the person who ignores the unfolding environmental crisis is like a man sitting on the deck of the Titanic ordering ice cubes for his whiskey. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh. Well, I'm... The, fool, the fool is blinded by today, but the wise person spreads the light of ancestors to their children. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Or even instead of blinded by today, like has, the fool has um, something about peripheral vision. The fool, a fool's a fool's tunnel vision sees neither the past nor the future. I, I was thinking along something of similar lines as well. Um, like it is, it is, it is righteous to respect both ancestors and descendants, but evil people only care about themselves. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's good. I'm I'm going back to I'm, I'm I've just had a bit more of a think about the the gossip one. Good, and I refined it slightly. Uh, 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 gossip, so both metaphor and simile. Um, gossip is an unplugged oil well, but the praise of the wise is like cool rain on a bushfire. Oh, that's very good. I like the Australian. Uh, imagery coming in yeah just a a as we're getting closer to wrapping up i i've got a verse here that's in front of me and and i happen to have the message open uh, this particular recording session and i like the message in the old testament particularly and in proverbs it's it's absolutely great here's one that we can all take as a bit of a caution proverbs 26 verse 9 to ask a moron to quote a proverb it's like putting a scalpel in the hands of a drunk. <laughs> so, so we and, and uh, we do need to be right careful. There. Just edit, we'll edit it. Just cut it on that. Because that's so, very, so, that's very in the proverb tradition of sort of turning it back on yeah, the, on the reader. Yeah, yeah. Slash. and it's jumping out at me, Cam, because your your slight apology for the for slipping the word moron into your proverb earlier, um, Eugene Peterson felt that it adequately captured the power of of language that was being intended by the author yeah. of Proverbs. So so there you go. That's got huge amounts of depth because a scalpel is such a precision yes. instrument. Yes. And so the proverb is precise, but but a precision tool is of no use. It's like smart boards in classrooms. What use are smart boards if you have dumb students and dumb teachers? Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the school can put them in its marketing material, Cam. You know that. Yeah. Well, there's some proverbs yeah, it... to write about marketers. Um... <laughs> I think we'd better stop this episode before we go down that rabbit hole. Because, <laughs> look, I was going to suggest something um, a little different. We've, we've uh, just before we started recording this episode, a number of us were commenting on um, just the general feeling of of exhaustion that that comes in life in general and in life in lockdown. Uh, in particular. And I think that there has been something somewhat restful about the process of with friends trying to get into the mind of wisdom literature and see what fun can be had of doing it in our context. So this is not entirely disconnected from the overarching themes of rest that we've been exploring this season, this quarter. And I would just encourage any of the listeners 
to have a go at writing your own proverb. Maybe mm. get together with a couple of friends. Maybe do it on Facebook. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to all be think, bad. Think um, of all the elements <laughs> of modern life that about which proverbs should be written. Um, IT professionals, uh, yeah. uh, road rage. Uh, yeah. um, telemarketers. Telemarketers. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of fruit here for interesting ideas. One thing, Locke, that I won't say. I was going to say disappointed me. Um, that's not true. Uh, it surprised me. As I, I here I was trying to pick themes that were so um, uh, uniquely modern for our discussion, mm. and you guys kept pulling out proverbs that were, yeah. that were yeah. from the Bible that were relevant. So not just relevant, they were absolutely spot on. I know anyone would think that if you opened this book and you actually had to read through it, you might even learn something that's worth knowing. Ah, right. Well, on that bombshell, let's leave our, our our listeners to go and and pen a proverb, and we'd encourage you all to um, uh, email it to us if if you'd like. We enjoy getting any feedback that we do. The email address is sabbathschoolfromhome at gmail dot com. As always, if, if you find this podcast useful, feel free to share it with any of your friends or indeed any of your enemies. And um, we do hope that you're all weathering lockdown as well as, as can be. And uh, thank you for joining in and listening to our discussion and uh, join us again next week for our next episode.